Chapter 98 Stowing Down and Clearing Up Already has it been related how the great Leviathan is afar off described from the masthead, how he's chased over the watery moors and slaughtered in the valleys of the deep, how he's then towed alongside and beheaded, and how, um, on the principle which entitles the headsman of old to the garments in which the beheaded was killed, his great padded surtout becomes the property of his executioner, how in due time he's condemned to the pots, and like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his spermaceti oil and bone pass unscathed through the fire. But now it remains to conclude the last chapter of this part of the description by rehearsing, singing, if I may, the romantic proceeding of decanting off his oil into the casks and striking them down into the hold, where once again Leviathan returns to his native profundity, sliding along beneath the surface as before. But alas, never more to rise and blow. While still warm, the oil, like hot punch, is received into the six-barrel casks, and while perhaps the ship is pitching and rolling this way and that in the midnight sea, the enormous casks are slewed round and headed over, end over for end, and sometimes perilously scoot across the slippery deck like so many landslides, till at last manhandled and uh, stayed in their course, and all round the hoops, rap, rap, go as many hammers as can play upon them. For now, ex officio, every sailor is a cooper. At length, when the last pint is cast and all is cool, then the great hatchways are unsealed. The bowels of the ship are thrown open, and down go the casks to their final rest in the sea. This done, the hatches are replaced and hermetically closed like a closet walled up. In the sperm fishery, this is perhaps one of the most remarkable incidents in all the business of whaling. One day the planks stream with freshets of blood and oil, on the sacred quarter-deck, enormous masses of the whale's head are, are profanely piled, great rusty casts, lie about as in a brewery yard. The smoke from the tri-works is besooted, all the bulwarks. The mariners go about suffused with the unctuousness. Then the entire ship seems great leviathan himself, while on all hands the din is deafening. But a day or two after, you look about you and prick your ears in this selfsame ship, and were it not for the telltale boats and triworks, you would all but swear you trod some silent merchant vessel with a most scrupulously neat commander. The unmanufactured sperm oil possesses a singularly uh, cleansing virtue. This is the reason why the decks never look so white as just after what they call an affair of oil. Besides, from the ashes of the burnt scraps of the whale, a potent lay is readily made, and whenever any adhesiveness from the back of the whale remains clinging to the side, that lay quickly exterminates it. Hands go diligently along the bulwarks, and with buckets of water and rags, restore them to their full tidiness. The soot is brushed from the lower rigging. All the numerous uh, implements which have been in use are likewise faithfully cleansed and put away. The great hatch is scrubbed and placed upon the triworks, completely hiding the pots. Every cask is out of sight. All tackles are coiled in unseen nooks, and when by the combined and uh, simultaneous industry of almost the uh, entire ship's company, the whole of this conscientious duty is at last concluded, then the crew themselves proceed to their own ablutions, shift themselves from top to toe, and finally issue to the immaculate deck, fresh and all aglow as bridegroom's new leap from out the daintiest Holland. Now, with elated step, they pace the planks in twos and threes, and humorously discourse of parlors, sofas, carpets, and fine cambrics, uh, propose to mat the deck, think of having uh, hangings to the top, 
object not to taking tea by moonlight on the piazza of the forks or the forecastle, to hint to such must mariners of oil and bone and blubber were a little short of audacity. They know not the thing you distinctly allude to. Away and bring us napkins. But mark, aloft there, at the three mastheads, stand three men intent on spying out more whales which, if caught infallibly, will again soil the old oaken furniture and drop at least one small grease spot somewhere. Yes, and many is the time when, after the severest uninterrupted labors which know no night, continuing straight through for ninety-six hours, when from the boat where they've swelled their wrists with all day rowing on the line, they step to the deck only to carry vast chains and heave the heavy windlass and cut and slash Yea, and in their very sweatings to be smoked and burned anew by the combined fires of the equatorial sun and the equatorial triworks. When on the heel of all this they finally bestirred themselves to cleanse the ship and make a spotless dairy room of it, many is the time the poor fellows just buttoning the necks of their clean frocks are startled by the cry of, There she blows! And away they fly to fight another whale and go through the whole weary thing again. Oh, my friends, but this is man-killing. Yet this is life. For hardly have we, hardly have we mortals by long toilings extracted from this world's vast bulk its small but valuable sperm, and then with weary patience cleansed ourselves from its defilements, and learned to live here in clean tabernacles of the soul. Hardly is this done, when there she blows, the ghost is spouted up, and away we sail to fight some other world and go through young life's old routine again. Oh, the metempsychosis, oh, Pythagoras, that in bright Greece two thousand years ago did die so good, so wise, so mild. I sailed with thee along the Peruvian coast last voyage, and foolish as I am, taught thee, a green, simple boy, how to splice a rope. <laughs>